0: You have your Bible this morning. Find the book of 2 Corinthians. Way to the right side of your Bible. And we're going to be in um, chapter number 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And uh, it's great to see you all today. It really is. I missed you. I I, I skipped last week and was not here. And I wish that I was, and I missed it. Uh, But what a what a great day. I'm excited about the few moments that we have together. uh, And Uh, Today is actually the final week in a series of messages. We've just called it Go for the Gold. And we've been talking kind of about the Summer Olympics a little bit. Uh, And if you haven't followed any of the headlines of the Summer Olympics this year, there's been some cool things that have happened. Uh, First of all, this 17 year old swimmer, this was like the first week of the Olympics. Uh, Lydia Jacobi is her name. She's from Alaska. And 17 year old. In Alaska, by the way, they have one Olympic sized swimming pool in the entire state. One a 50 meter pool. They have one in the whole state, 17 year old. She wins the gold medal. She wasn't supposed to win and she won. And this, this picture right here is when she like looked up and found out that she won. Isn't that so cool? It was such a neat story. It was all over a fantastic moment. There were other crazy moments that happened. Uh, You know, Simone Biles was all over the news. Uh, the, 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 best gymnast in the world, gold medal favorite in pretty much every event. She was supposed to win five gold medals really this, uh, uh, this year, and she uh, withdrew for some mental health stuff that she was facing and different things. If, uh, some of you saw that. It was a shock. It was created. It was, it was crazy. It created headlines all around the world, and then she drops out, and this girl from Minnesota, Actually wins the women's gold medal overall. Put that next picture up. Um, Her name is Suni Lee, uh, and uh, it was a crazy thing. We now have a day in Minnesota named after her. It was actually a really neat thing. Some of you don't care, but this is like is like the number one, pretty much the number one coveted gold medal in. Um, in the Olympics, really, is the women's all-around gymnastics, and a Minnesota girl won that. Uh, That was a really, it was pretty special. Well, if you haven't been here the last couple weeks, we've been talking about some of the things that the Apostle Paul wrote, where specifically he uses and used the illustration of athletics and even the Olympics uh, to teach these new Christians, what it looks like to be followers of Jesus now that Jesus is gone. Uh, And and we've we've talked about a a couple very unhealthy versions of Christianity, if you've been here, that we see in our culture. A Christianity that is marked by complacency and uh, a a Christianity that is marked by guilt. And we kind of talked about those in the first two weeks. And then last week, if you were here, I saw some of it on our live stream where Pastor Corey actually, did he shoot an arrow? (laughs) He shot an arrow and and nobody got hurt, right? Right. I didn't get any call from lawyers or anything, so that's good. Where he like he had a bow and arrow and shot at a target in front of church, and I think he even hit the target, or even the yellow, maybe. He's claiming that. I don't really know. But uh, that was cool. He talked about, man, the, the, the focus of, of keeping our eyes on the prize and keeping our eyes on the right thing. If you missed any of those weeks can I just tell you, it'll be worth your while to go watch those, and you can find those on our website, okay? So that's enough of all that. Let's begin today by reading a passage of scripture. Stand with me all over this place, uh, and let's just kind of prepare our hearts to read the word of God together. 2 Corinthians chapter number six, and we're going to be starting in verse number three. And so here we go. Follow along with me as I read. Here's what it says. It says, we put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings imprisonments and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience and kindness, in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report genuine, yet regarded as imposters, known, yet regarded as unknown, dying, and yet we live on, beaten, and and yet not killed, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, and yet possessing everything. That was a lot. We're going to go through that, and I'm excited uh, to do that. Let's pray. God, we we just take a deep breath and we pause for a moment to really invite you into this moment. And so, God, we we ask for you to speak to us. We ask for you to show us things. God, I pray that every person in this place today and every person watching online would would get from you exactly what they need. God, for those that need encouragement, I pray that you would encourage them. God, for those that need hope, I pray that they would feel that. For those of us that need to be convicted of some of the stuff in our lives, let let us feel that in such a healthy way, God, a way that moves us forward. And so, Lord, we just pray for the next few minutes uh, that you would truly do what only you can do. God, use me. In this moment, in your name we pray, amen, amen. All right, give somebody a high five and have a seat. Let's go. Very nice, very nice. All right, all right. Well, one of the, one of the biggest headlines in the Olympics this year was actually uh, both the men's and the women's 400-meter meter. meter, meter hurdle race, okay? Um, If you didn't know, one time around the track jumping over all these things and uh, it was a big deal. The women's event was a big deal basically because there were two American women who were um, massively better than anyone else in the world and we knew this going into it and it was kind of just who was going to take the gold and who was going to take the silver and metal and uh, uh, records were broken, all that type of stuff. In the men it was crazy because actually two men broke the world record in the same race, okay, and only one of them actually gets the world record, but imagine taking second place. You've trained for years and years and years. You get the opportunity to run in the Olympics, and you break the world record and take second, (laughs) okay, and so this, this kid from Norway broke the world record, took the gold medal, and it was the USA guy um, just to the right of him who took second place, silver medal, and also broke um, the world record in this. Okay, two fastest times in history run at basically the same time. Now, hurdle events are crazy. I don't know if you understand this. I'm gonna explain this to you and set this up. Uh, Like, we have hurdles that we've been using as props over here. This one right here, uh, this is 42 inches high. 42 inches high, can you see how tall this one is? Uh, They use that height for the men in the 110 meter, which is basically the sprint, that's how high. Uh, The 400 meter and also the women's event uses this height here, which is 36 inches. Uh, and that's crazy when you look at how tall that is, first of all. Okay. Uh, but the 400 meters, they use this, the 400 meter hurdle event is considered by some people to be, to be like the most difficult event in track and field. Okay. Long more difficult than running a marathon. Why is that? Let me explain. It's pretty much a quarter mile sprint is what it is. 400 meters, one time around the average track. Like if you're going to run around the football field at Sox Center, one time is typically 400 meters. It's a sprint, but it's a sprint that is unlike any other sprints because it requires a significantly higher level of endurance. It's like a sprint, but with obstacles in the way. Okay? And it also carries with it, because of the obstacles, much more strategy and technical thinking and planning than the majority of the other events in track and field specifically. What do you mean? It's just run as fast as you can and jump over the hurdle, and then run as fast as again, right? No, not exactly. There There is a very strategic way to clear a hurdle. You can see it in the picture here. Athletes actually, the goal is to basically just keep running and to jump over a hurdle as you keep running. And so you lead with one foot, uh, and as that foot is kind of going down, the other foot is coming up, and it's very specific, very strategic in how uh, this, this works. Okay, They also need to make sure these athletes have one foot that is slightly better than the other when they lead with. And so they have to make sure that that foot is the one that ends up uh, first. And what they don't want is to kind of create these little baby steps right before you get. Now, if, if, if most of us in this place, if we were gonna try to jump this, and we'd lower it for most of us, but if we were gonna try to do this, what it would look like is we would run, and then we would go. Yeah, okay? And this, so strategically, you want to uh, have your steps and your strides in an exact amount, uh, an exact distance so that when you get to that, it is just one full stride after another. So what these athletes actually do is they will shorten or lengthen their running strides slightly and count a very specific number of steps to get in between to get to each next hurdle. Okay. So strategically, Uh, and all of this the hurdles is a crazy it's it's very much different and uh, of course like most of the events things have changed over the years let me show you a picture from 1912 put this one up here for me okay now look at those hurdles one of the things that you notice is that the bottom of those hurdles have what you would call it a t even though it's upside down Uh, they eventually would change that and the reason is if you hit a hurdle that has a t on the bottom you're going down Okay. Like it is a train wreck. Now these right here, uh, you can see later on, they came up with this, this L version. Okay. You can see, I'll try to hold it up. All right. I need to do the weightlifting is what I need. Okay. Uh, now a lot of us, when we look at this, we would think, Oh, the way to jump would be to have that side there because I don't want to hit it as I'm jumping. That's not how this works. You actually would turn this around and you jump over the front part of the L. Why? So that if you clip this with your foot, the hurdle just falls like that and you don't break your face, okay? (laughs) Which still happens all over the place, okay? I, I think that is so cool. Now, why in the world are we talking about hurdles? Here's the transition. Okay, uh, The track and field events that have hurdles are very simply races with obstacles. Races with obstacles. It's a race, but it's different than other races because there are things that have been strategically put in your path in an attempt to slow you down. It is not just like a normal sprint. There are things in the way. Now, a few moments ago we read uh, a letter from Paul, uh, and in writing this letter, that he, he actually uses kind of hurdle language. And, and I want to show you that today because, listen to me, this is where we kind of get to what matters in this. There are some of us where very specific things in your life are actually slowing you down when it comes to your relationship with God. There are things that are getting in the way, and we need to learn how to be strategic in those things. And there are some of us, listen to this, who are actually putting up hurdles for other people. And you don't think of it that way, and you may not even realize it, but you are putting up hurdles for other people in their relationship with God, and Paul talks about that as well. And so here we go, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, one of the letters Paul writes to a group of people in Corinth, Greece, almost 2,000 years ago, but still relevant and very helpful to us today. So here we go. Let's look at this. Verse number three. He writes, we put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Now, the word stumbling block also translated in other places as the word barrier or obstacle. Okay, you get the idea. We could even use the word hurdle if we want to today just to be fun. But don't miss this. In saying we put no stumbling block in anyone's path, what he is implying here is that it is fully and completely. Uh, possible for us as Christians to put barriers and obstacles in the ways of other people, uh, either people coming to faith in Christ or people growing in their faith in Christ. If that was not real and if that was not a thing, Paul would not be saying, we put none of those up, right? That maybe you're confused about that. Okay, let me, let me take this a step farther. Our goal, our aim as people of faith should be to help people move towards God to help people move towards Jesus, to help them take a step in that direction. Maybe it is your coworkers who have zero faith in God, and it, our, our job is to help them move a step closer with God's help. We can't change anybody's lives in that way. We can't change anybody's hearts, but as Christians, we can help people move in that direction, or to help each other. That's part of gathering together. It's part of being a church family. It's to help each other grow and to do that. That is our aim. That is our goal as Christians. It's not just always self-centered about me and God and me and God help me. It's about each other. It's this mission. It's this purpose. Yet, it is very possible for you as a Christian to actually make it more difficult for someone to come to faith in Jesus. You can do that. You can make it more difficult. You can put obstacles up in the way to keep people from coming to him. And you can put obstacles to up in front of each other. And we can do this. And we do this as Christians to prevent us and make it more difficult for us to grow. Okay, questions. What are some of the ways that we do this? What are some of the ways that Christians do that? That we put obstacles up in, in in the way of people coming to Christ. Well, I can think of a couple things. We're not going to hang on this very long, but I feel it needs to be said. Christians can be extremely judgmental towards people on the outside, can't we? We can do that. And some of you are like, "Yeah, a Christian sure can." No, no, no. We can do that. You are a Christian. You can do that. Things we say, things we post, things we you know, share on social media ways in which we look at people, ways in which we treat people. Like when people on the outside feel that from us, it is a barrier. It, it keeps them from moving in the direction of Jesus. And listen, listen to this right here. If somebody has not signed up to be a Christian, then don't expect them to live like one. Does that make sense? If they haven't signed up, if they haven't said, I give my life to God, I want to do this, then we as Christians cannot expect them to to live like a Christian should live. And if we judge them because they're not living for something that they haven't signed up for, then I'm telling you, we're doing a disservice. Anyone, Anyone understand what I'm saying here? Okay, all right, that's good. We put, we put barriers up when our attitude communicates judgment on people on the outside. I, I also th- I think also when, when our lifestyles don't match up with what we say we believe, that is a massive barrier for people on the outside. If your life is no different than mine, then why in the world do I need to be, sign up for this thing called being a Christian? Okay? Like, our beliefs are actually quite radical. I don't know if you understand that. And the call to be a Christian is costly. And when we make this into this shallow, sometimes apathetic thing, like, people will not be waiting in line to sign up for that. And you are actually, we are actually creating a barrier in the people on the outside because we are living this lame, Christian life that is no different than them. Your life should be different. Christianity is supposed to be different. Christians are supposed to be different. When we fail to stand out, then we make it actually more difficult for people to come to Christ and to accomplish the mission of God. We set up barriers. We set up stumbling blocks. We set up set up hurdles in front of other people. As Christians, we also do this to each other where we make it more difficult. We've talked about that a little bit. We're not gonna dive into that because we could talk about uh, different ways and, and for the sake of time, we're not going to. But here's what I just wanna say with this. If we're not careful, and if we're not aware of this, as Christians, this happens. Where we make it more difficult for the people around us to move towards Jesus. Paul says, we put no stumbling blocks in anyone's path. And then he says, so that our ministry will not be discredited. Okay, understand, Paul was constantly, all the time, being attacked. All the time. Uh, like from everyone, from every angle, from Christians. Other Christians, from the Jewish people, from Greeks, from the Roman Empire, Paul was being attacked all the time. People were spreading rumors about him. People were publicly calling him out. Governments were arresting him. Uh, He was being beaten in town squares by mobs of people trying to kill him. In fact, look at verse number four with me. Uh, It says, rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way in great endurance in troubles, hardships, distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and in hunger. Now Paul uses the phrase here, he says, we commend ourselves. Now that can kind of sound weird, uh, like he's patting himself on the back and saying, we commend ourselves. That, that's not what this is. This is more, um, our faith is proven to be true. Is more what that actually means. Our faith is proven to be real. How and when in great endurance, hardships, riots, beatings, okay, our sleepless nights and hunger, our faith is proven to be real and true. Now, what are all these things? These are obstacles. They're obstacles. Paul is listing off a bunch of obstacles that he has had to face in his life following Jesus. And the majority of the things he lists. Do not even compare to some of the things that we list. And that sounded like I was saying ours are bigger. That's not what I meant. Okay, Not a whole lot of us have been beat up and left for dead because we are Christians. Not a lot of us here today have been in prison because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Not a lot of us have been the center of a riot against you because you were preaching to people about Jesus. Paul has went through obstacle after obstacle in his life. They are hurdles. They are obstacles. And he continues, and he says, in purity and understanding, patience and kindness in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love and truthful speech and power of God, like this is, what this is, is he's transitioned now from, okay, we have all of these obstacles, and then he's like, and this is how I've responded to them, by the way, in purity and in understanding and patience, kind of, okay? Wow, like th- that should be a whole Sunday sermon right there to pick that apart, but we, not today, okay? And then in verse number eight, he goes through a different set of hurdles from ex- his experience, and this is, this, is, this is very relevant, okay? He says, through glory and dishonor, dishonor, think about that, Bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as imposters, known yet regarded as unknown. What are those things that he's just list, listed, okay, that's some of it's kind of confusing, but what's interesting here is he has now switched to emotional hurdles. L- l- let me explain. Before it was troubles and hardships and beatings and prison and riots and sleep, and And hunger, physical issues. You catch that? You get beat up, that's a physical thing. You're hungry, it's a physical thing. You're tired, okay? Prison, physical thing. But now he adds a different list. People have dishonored Paul. People gave bad reports about him. What they're doing is they're talking bad about him to other people. People called him an imposter, both to his face and not. People treated him like they didn't even know him. This is emotional stuff. This is emotional issues. It's what people have said about him. It's what people didn't say. It, okay, it's behind his back and people acting genuine to his face but actually not being on his side at all. Uh, m- most of us probably uh, don't think about these things when we think about the Apostle Paul and what he went through we talk about him being shipwrecked and bitten by poisonous snakes and beaten within, within an inch of his life, and all those things happen, and we read about all of that. Paul also suffered as a Christian emotionally at the hands of other people, and he's listed some of this. He, he lists these as hurdles that he faced in his life, okay, and he continues from there, but we're going we're to kind of stop and just kind of make a few observations from this as we attempt to, in a way, respond to what God is saying, okay? So just two things. Write this down if you're taking notes. This is it right here, okay? Uh, And this is just a summary of what we've just talked about but kind of more pointed, okay? First, first, don't be an obstacle for somebody else. Don't be an obstacle for somebody else. Listen to this. Uh, I read this from a commentary and I was like, I gotta put that in there word for word. In everything Paul did, he always considered what his actions were communicating about Jesus. I'm going to say that again because some of you slept through it. In everything Paul did, he always considered what his actions were communicating about Jesus. When you read what he wrote, when you read about his life, like it is so clear. Jesus was his motivation. Jesus was like everything he did and everywhere he went, every person he talked to. You just get this sense that he was fully aware of how his actions and how his words were were going to communicate the gospel. Everything he did and everything he said. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he wrote this in a different point. He says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all, whatever you do, Whether you eat, you drink, you do whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Now verse number 32, check this out. Do not cause anyone to stumble. To stumble. How does somebody stumble? They trip over something, most most of the time. Some of you, a line on the floor, okay? But no, I'm just kidding. But seriously, we don't cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews or Greeks or the church of God. Like even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I'm not seeking my own good, but the good of many so that they may be saved. Paul was much more aware of how his actions were going to impact other people even than himself. He seemed to be like, it's not about me, it's about them. It's not about me, it's about them. My actions, I'm not going to cause anyone else to stumble. Everything I do is going to be for the glory of God, not my own glory. Like, this, this is so challenging to me. This is so challenging. Everything I do, why? So we don't cause others to stumble or so that we don't, do not put obstacles up in front Understand this, if you are a believer, you are a minister of God, and you reflect and represent him. Let let me just say it this way, and some of us this is the thing you need to leave with. Don't let your careless or undisciplined actions be another person's excuse for rejecting Christ. Don't let your careless or undisciplined actions be another person's excuse for rejecting Christ. Let's be people who are fully aware of how our actions, the things that we do, the places we go, the, how we interact with people, let's be aware of how that actually impacts the people around us. Come on, that's good, that challenges me. Be fully aware of your actions, of your words, of your social media posts but I just got to say it, Pastor Kyle. I got to say it. Someone needs to say it. Be fully aware of how you saying that thing is going to impact people in their relationship with God. Moving them, come on. All right? You are representing Jesus. When you put stuff on social media sharing your thoughts about whatever. Don't be a hurdle, don't be an obstacle. Don't make it more difficult for people to find a saving faith in Jesus when you have that conversation with that coworker or the person that, okay, be very mindful. Don't be a hurdle, don't be an obstacle. Don't make it more difficult for them to find saving faith in Jesus, okay? I feel like I just banged that into the ground, but man, for somebody and for me today, that is so huge, okay? Second, second, last one. Sometimes the biggest moments in your spiritual journey will come in the form of a hurdle. Sometimes the biggest moments in your spiritual journey would come in the form of a hurdle. Listen to this. The way in which you view and embrace the difficult things in life, the difficult situations that you face, has a lot to do with your ability to grow and experience God. Why do I say that? Because biblically, scripturally, we experience God much more through difficult situations than through mountaintop stuff. When, when is it that you cry out to God the most? It's when something horrendous has happened in your family. Would you agree? We experience, you will experience God much more, you know, through through, through your loved one getting cancer than you getting a job promotion you will experience god because you will cry out to him in a way where you need him and this is difficult this is difficult you cannot avoid the seasons of difficulty in your life it is not possible they will come they do come but how you respond when they come i'm telling you that can change things you know what some of us do what a lot of Christians do is we have these hurdles that come up in our lives, and we try to figure out every single way that we can to go around them. And that's even our prayer to God is, God, I don't want to go through the tough stuff. I don't want bad things to happen. I'm gonna... Do you know what happens if you go around a hurdle when you're in a race? You get disqualified. You got to go over the hurdle. That's what a hurdle is, all right? For some of us, you just need to hear this, you will experience God more in the hurdles that you face in your life than than when you're not facing them. And that can be a huge thing for some of us here today as we realize that. Paul realized that the specific things he was going through wasn't as important as what he did with them. Physical trauma, prison, beatings, emotional trauma, people who wronged him, people who didn't treat him right, talk behind his back like, the idea isn't to learn to avoid things. The idea is to cry out to God, okay? If If you carry with you this idea that faith in God is supposed to free you from difficulty, then you are greatly mistaken and misunderstanding what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Difficult moments, difficult seasons are the greatest opportunities we have to grow in our faith and experience God. That's fun, isn't it? Yeah, music team, will you please come? Now, before we go, I want us to just take kind of a few moments for just a time of prayer and reflection, and, and I just wanna kinda of start by asking a couple questions in what ways are you actually being an obstacle for somebody else to come to faith in Christ or to grow in their faith? And don't just blow this off. Come on, people, every single one of us, we, we do this. We do this whether you want to admit it or not and whether you can think of how or, or not. This is, this is in our lives in different ways in different seasons. And the question, in what ways are, are we doing this? In what ways are you specifically, I specifically doing this? Let's not allow our actions to be another person's excuse for rejecting Jesus. And my prayer today is, is that God would just even make clear what these things are uh, in, in the ways that we are doing this. Like second, do you need to change your mindset when it comes to the obstacles that you face in your life. Physical stuff, emotional stuff, that thing, like, that that thing may be the thing that brings spiritual change. And we need to learn to posture ourselves in that way, even in the middle of the most difficult stuff that we can even face. I'm not exactly sure what it looks like for you to respond to the message today. Uh, In fact, I know that even in a time like this, God speaks in different ways to different people depending on you know, where they're at and what they need. And so for some of us, you're, you're feeling God move you in some direction. And I just want to ask you to be obedient to that and um, to not miss an opportunity today even to, to take a step in the direction that God is, is asking you to go. But I do want to, just before we're done, give people an opportunity to respond to the message of Jesus maybe even for the first time and so if no one looking around just a time of privacy and reflection an important moment uh, and those watching online you are right with a you are right here with us with this but maybe you're here and you would say you know you you know that you are not right with God you know that that your sin has separated you and and, and you have that helpless feeling of 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 being lost, even that's the word the Bible uses, even is lost. And today you have an opportunity to come back to God or to even open yourself up to him for the first time. And and so if you're here today and you would say, man, I just, I I need to give my life to Jesus. I wanna respond to him today, uh, even for the first time. If that's you, will you just quickly show me your hand? I just wanna pray for you today. And uh, if you're online right now, you can respond as well. You can click little buttons and you can figure that out in the description or whatever you're watching on. Uh, But anyone in this place that would just say, yes, today is my day. Uh, I want to turn from the, the life that I've been living and give my life to Jesus. If that's you, just show me your hand. And church, can we just say a prayer together? Everyone in this place, let's just pray. Pray, Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me, forgive me of my sins, and change my life. In your name I pray, amen, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together? And let me me pray for you here before we're done. God, I just pray I pray that as we walk out these doors today, that we would truly uh, be more aware of you and your very presence than ever before. And God, that we would be more aware of our lives and the choices we make and the things we do and how they even impact other people, God. uh, we, We love you and we want to be your representative to the world and to our neighbors and to our schools. So we pray that that would happen. God, I also pray Right now, for those that are in the middle of a difficult season and it even seems like there are obstacles every step that they take, God, I pray that as we look to you and as we uh, seek your face and go after you in the middle of these things, that we would experience you in ways like never before. And so, God, thank you for being real, for being uh, true, for loving us. for for your grace, God, and your mercy. Uh, We are so grateful that we get to walk this earth with you by our side, Holy Spirit. And so we love you and we need you. And it's in the powerful, life-changing name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said amen, amen, amen. All right, thank you so much for coming today. Uh, Have a great week.